I've been in conversation very broadly with many church leaders in our nation. And the story of each one of them is the same, that they have made an observation that for the past year, it looks like we have gone into a spiritual state of decline. Much as we support and we agree with all the interventions that we see around the world of restraining people from going to church in large numbers of in public gatherings, which we agree is a measure that is important. But at the same time, we must also at the same time admit that having kept people away from church has had a negative impact. The spiritual state of many of God's people since lockdown has gone down. And this is why as opportunity has allowed for us to come back to church, we are saying to people, come back. The reality is that much as people may say they have grown in their personal relationship with God one-on-one, and I agree, but a fair number of people are struggling and have lost their spiritual momentum. If people were really to be honest, the downside of us not being able to meet the usual way as the body of Christ has resulted in many spiritual casualties. I am very concerned about how that the voice of God and the atmosphere of being in church, which so many of our young people, by the way, were accustomed to and it kept them on the straight and narrow that we've had lots of casualties among them. Last week, Sunday, when I left, I met two young people outside. I don't know if they're here. My young people are there in the overflow hall. I didn't ask Mabitsuabona, but uh, I was so glad to see them as I see some young people here. I'm so glad to see you guys. And when I engaged in conversation with them, they said to me, Bishop, you know, when things were normal, we would attend here five of us. We are friends. And they said, over the last year, three of our friends have gone astray now. Only the two of us who are here today. See, when Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, admonishes us to not neglect the meeting of ourselves together, the New Living Translation says it. Hebrews 10, 25. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. If there's a time when we must be meeting this way, it is now. I'll tell you why, Vazalan. I'll tell you why. When you are dealing with the virus like we're dealing with, and it's destroying people's lives, people are losing jobs and losing loved ones. People are getting sick. People are confined in spaces. People are discouraged. It feels like this will never end. What more do we need than to be in an atmosphere where the presence of God is released among us? I'm not saying that will not happen at home. But when you read the Bible, you will note again and again and again, as I will show during this series, as people met physically like this, There's a certain level and a certain dimension of the move of God 
and the presence of God that you cannot experience any other way. And this is why it's so important for people to heed a call. So our inability to meet in the manner we should has resulted somehow in a spiritual decline. For that reason, I believe we need God to revive us. Oh, I thought you'll say amen to that. We need God to renew us. See, you no longer know how to say amen, some of you. Let me, let me start again. We need God to refresh us. I said we need God to restore us. We need, Barcelona, a visitation from God. And I can tell you, I'm so glad as we have been coming back Sunday after Sunday, that you can see that people are starting to reconnect. That even as we worship and as the word goes forth, people are starting to open up their spirits. See, there's a way to open your spirit up to God so that God can begin to work in your life. And there's a way you can be in the presence of God and never open up to the presence of God. And you can go home the same person. Look at the person sitting next to you and say, Babu Akawen, Allah Sarah Amen. Babu Akawen. Now go higher, be careful how you do that if you're at home watching television. They may just chase you out. <laughs> Let's define the word revival. The word revival is from the Hebrew word koyo. But it's spelled very differently. It's not spelled the way it sounds. It's spelled C-H-A-Y-A-H. Koyo. And what that word means, it means to bring back to life. To bring back to life. It means to restore to consciousness. It also means to restore to a previous condition. Now, you know, it used to scare me so much as a child in primary school when we would have some of our pupils, some of our colleagues and friends who would faint. You know, some of them would have fits. It would scare me so much, you know, when somebody fainted, you know, you are a child, you don't know, you know, you think they're dead. And we'd see the teachers intervene and do whatever, and then the person comes back to life. That's the word revive. Someone faints. We, we, we do all the procedures give them water we do something it brings them back you know even now if people have cardiac failure if people balemala and then they do cpr and you go and the medical people know how to do cpr and then you bring back them back to life sometimes they use these machines where baba and they bring them back to life that's what it means to revive now that's very important that's very important we've all heard about People, athletes, musicians, who went through a bad patch in their career and they declined. And then later they came back and they composed the song. Seba Bui. Sebeko. Sen Shisa Mo. Sen Kula Mo. Sen Preacher Mo. Mishumayela Mo. They came back and they achieved more success. And their career, we say, was revived. In many of these cases, the person seemed to have declined. But the, and their prominence declined. But all of a sudden, they were revived. Watch this. This is important. 
The etymology of the word revive, actually the word revive is a Latin word. It comes from two words. The word re, which means again, and the word vive, which means alive. Okay, so to revive means to make alive again. Mamela, you cannot revive what never vived. I know that's not good English. In the way, you can rekindle what was never kindled. Right? You must have had the kindle, you must have had the vive before we revive you. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So when we revive, God brings us back. Some of you, you've lost your edge of prayer. Some of you, you've lost your edge in spirituality. These things are no longer the same. I mean, even if you go to church and do whatever, you're not the same. You're not the same person. Yeah. Hallelujah. And bring you back. Why? Because when your momentum is interrupted, those of you who run, okay, some of you athletes, you know how it is when you're running and maybe you want to, you've gone on for a five-kilometer run and then you get interrupted. And somebody stops you. Yeah? And they stop you. And they stop you. How many of you know the feeling of having to start again? Some of you can say H because I'm Kelebata. So, so maybe we need to revive you somewhere. You know how it feels like having to start to run again after somebody stopped you? You, you had momentum. Mara, you were interrupted. Now you have to get back. And how many of you realize, even when you run for the second time, it's not the same. Like somebody said, the difference is not the same. <laughs> no, the difference is the same. And God wants to revive us. Revival is the giving of new breath. The giving of new life. To that which has ceased to breathe. But God's way of reviving, not only does he give you back, what you lost. He gives you back more than what you lost. So that, so that your latter condition becomes better than your former condition. Even to a point when you read in the book of Galatians, very interesting. It says, when you see a brother sin, who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. And it's a very interesting term there used for the word restore. It's really a medical term. Wherein, if you were to break a certain part of your body, for instance, then what they do is they bind you up and restrict your movement. During that time you are bound up, they are restricting you from moving. Because they say you have what you call the green stick effect. And when you are bound up and you are restricted from moving, the restriction is not meant to kill you. The restriction is meant to heal you. And the interesting thing is, when the bone gets healed, oftentimes it becomes stronger than it was even before it broke. Ah, uh, you're not hearing me. So, Basalana, I'm about to tell somebody in this place that no matter how far you have gone past, God's going to move you further than what you have been if you will allow Him to work in your life. Hallelujah, Basalana.
So in revival, God gives new breath, new life to that which has ceased to breathe. Revival is a visitation from God. When God brings renewal to your life as a Christian who has been sleeping and God restores you, he produces a deep sense of a God being nearer to you. The presence of God being there. God brings a sense of holiness, real joy, purpose. God re-energizes you. When is revival needed? Historically, revivals were always preceded by a decline. Like I said, you can't revive what never vived. Neither can you kindle what never kindled. Shuguti Labantu, they used to be at a certain level. So, revivals are preceded by a decline, a spiritual decline, marked by divisiveness, anger, continuous crisis, addictions, and service without passion. Let me say that again. Let me say that again. Revivals are preceded by spiritual decline, marked by divisiveness, anger, continuous crisis, addictions, and service without passion. See, once there's a lot of divisiveness in a place, you know that decline has started. You know a revival is needed. People being angry, crisis all the time, people getting addicted, and people serving without passion. Where people go into auto mode, automated condition. Where people just do things just out of being on autopilot. It doesn't mean anything anymore. We don't feel what we do. Doesn't mean anything. People can sing a song and it doesn't mean anything. They can raise their hands. Doesn't mean anything. They can rattle off some words of prayer. Doesn't mean anything. It's service without passion. Yeah. You can see that our society is in a state of spiritual decline. I'm being honest with you. See, Bazalan, much as there is a lot more access that people have to the gospel, but it's amazing that in spite of so much of the gospel being brought, our society is not getting better. You can see Uguti. So we enjoy no much. Everybody can rattle off a verse. Anybody and everybody can call themselves a pastor or a bishop. Anybody can become an overnight prophet. So we enjoy no much. There's no real sense of change. Even when people come to church, they can come to church and go back to their sin. And nothing changes. Even if people read the word, they can contradict what the Bible says and resort to carnal means of doing things and still justify their way. Now you know we're in trouble. Therefore, we need really to return to the Lord before we can ever hope for real change to happen in society. Church, let me say, until we, as the ones who call ourselves followers of Christ, until Tina, 
ngokwethu until we change and we become an example to those who don't claim what we claim let's not expect society to get better we can point fingers at what is going on out there we can speak as holier than thou to everything that's going out there but until we get our house in order until we clean out the mess in the church oh come on now somebody come on that's why we need revival we need to be a people we are not coming here to mark the register we are not here for goosebumps and feel good we are here ukutunkulunkulu achinji pilozethu we want God to intervene. We want God to set our houses in order. We are asking God to do things that are new in our lives. And do I have people who say amen? We want God to help us be delivered from addictions. We want God to help us to be delivered from lying. God to help us to, de- to deliver us from living in a wrong way. Because God is the one who can renew and revive. We are here as a broken people. We are here as a people who are lost. Asking our God to help us indeed. And God is our only hope, Barcelona. I said God is our only hope. I said God is our only hope. We need to return to the Lord before we can ever expect to effect real change in society. True revival has to be an inner work of the Lord and no one else. Nothing can replace a reviving, a life refreshing touch of the Lord. Listen what David says in Psalms 85 verse 6, one of my verses that I've given you. He says, won't you revive us again? Why? So that your people can rejoice in you. When God becomes our joy, when God becomes our number one, and we are happy when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And we find joy in that. Will you revive us again? So that your people can rejoice in you. So we need to proclaim, oh Lord, revive us again. Genesis 18, which is the only one we'll talk about today for the sake of time. And as I said, we will visit the other Mpago later. But today we'll read Genesis 18 from verse 1. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham by the terebinth tree of Mame as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. He said, my Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant, please. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree. Now I'll bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by inasmuch as you have come to your servant. And the man said, as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal needed. Make cakes. And Abraham ran to the head, took a tender and a and a good calf gave it to a young man and he hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and the calf which he had prepared, set it before them and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. Then they said to him, where is Sarah your wife? Remember, 
Abraham and Sarah are going through a crisis. They need a revival. They're expecting birth to happen. But now they're in a time of death, decline, hopelessness. Looks like it won't happen. Their situation has gone so far that there's no way it can be turned around. And this is the time when God decides to visit. When everything else is not changing anything. When a person has gone so far into drug addiction that all the efforts we have cannot bring them back. That's when God visits. When a church has fallen apart and it's all in tatters, God says, I'm going to visit. I'm going to visit. And God visits this couple. And God asked, where's Sarah, your wife? He said in the tent, God said, I will, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And he says in brackets, Sarah was listening in the tent door which was behind him. Now when Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Dead. No life. Therefore Sarah laughed. She laughed within herself. Saying after I've grown old, shall I have pleasure my Lord being also so old? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Saying, surely I will surely bear child since I'm old. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Uh, at the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah denied it and said, no, I didn't laugh. For she was afraid. And he said, no, you did love. There are certain visitations that change your life forever. Some visitations from humans can bring sorrow, panic, worry. But this kind of visitation from God brings excitement, joy, and good news. When God visits, it's a visitation that brings transformation, development. God visits to bring intervention into man's life. And anytime God visits, he never visits without bringing along his abundant provision. God, who is life itself and the giver of life. Something begins to happen. And I see God visiting you and you and you and you. When God visits. He visits a couple that has lost all hope. He visits a couple that is no longer expecting anything. He visits a couple that has thrown in the tower. He visits a couple that cannot be helped any other way. And God comes to visit. When God visits, he's saying to you, Never give up on my promises. He says to them, I've promised. And if I've promised, I will bring it into manifestation. 
God visits to say to you, do not write yourself off. Your present state is not meant for you to write yourself off. Some of you sitting at home, you've written yourself off. You've written your situation off. You've written your circumstances off. You have no hope whatsoever because so many bad things have happened. But God is about to visit you. God visits for four reasons. And I'm closing with this. Number one, he visits to confirm his promises. God's word is the only thing that will uphold our lives. Number two, God visits to make the impossibilities possible. Even if Sarah was old, biologically speaking, even if she was barren, unable to be pregnant, but God's visitation made her to be pregnant. Number three, God visits at his set time. Listen, if not much of God is happening in your life and you are faithfully serving him, because God has a heavenly timetable and God visits at the set time. He doesn't do things at maybe the time we thought. But I can assure you, he's never too early. He is never late. He's always on time. And in conclusion, when God visits, he changes your mood. (laughs) Sarah, her mood changed. She began to laugh. She began to laugh. Later on, her laughter of doubt was changed to a true laughter. Because what she gave birth to, because of God's visitation, she named that child Isaac. And the name Isaac means laughter. Even when you were doubting that things will never happen. And God's going to change things in your life. But it is for us, Bazalon, to desire his visitation. And in the coming weeks, I'm going to show you how to create the right environment. I'm going to show you the prayers that you pray for revival. The things that you do to create the right atmosphere. Even if God visits at his own set time, you can set up the atmosphere and you can always be ready so that when his visits come to us, God can touch our lives. Why don't you bow your heads, please, and close your eyes. Right where you are at home. I don't know what it is that you have been going through. I believe some of you, God has spoken to you about your state. And how far you are. How much you've turned back. Maybe because of discouragement. Things have not been working. But as you've been listening to God's word, you realize God is the only hope. You may be here in the auditorium right now. Someone invited you. Maybe you came on your own. But when you look at your life, you note, you know what? I'm far from God. Maybe you made the wrong turn. Maybe you used to serve God at a point, but for some reason, you got discouraged. And you started going on the wrong way. And right now, as I'm preaching, God talking to you, right where you are, why don't you listen to your heart? Why don't you listen to the Spirit of God 
inside of you as he talks to you about your life. I want to ask you, God is ready to hear your prayer. God is ready to bring about change in your life. If you will only invite Christ and say, Jesus, would you come into my heart? Would you change me today? Our heads bowed, our eyes closed, please. If you say to me, please, would you pray for me? I want to invite Christ in my life. You are here in the auditorium. You are at home. You are in the overflow hall. You are in the churches, wherever. Would you raise your hand, please? Just raise it up. Let me see it right now. Raise it high. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Keep it raised. Thanks for those hands. Keep them raised. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Hallelujah. Shall we all stand on our feet, please, right now? And those people who have raised their hands, keep your hands raised even as you are standing. Would you bow your heads, everybody, close your eyes. Join me in this prayer and the congregation join me as we pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I invite Jesus to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Forgive me for all of my sins and make me your child in Jesus' name. Now another prayer. Join me in this prayer. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I recommit myself to you. I once walked with you as your child, but I allowed myself to slip away. Today, I am coming back home. Renew me, revive me in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a big hand. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. God is a good God. Hallelujah.